On the current issues and the Constitution show, Professor Wilson will encourage you to stay informed and read the U.S. Constitution. The show is intended to shine a light on current issues that impact your daily life. Professor Wilson has twice received the American History Teacher of the Year Award in the state of West Virginia and is the recipient of many honors. He served in the armed forces and is currently a college professor. He is a true patriot who believes the understanding of the Constitution is key to our future and our future freedoms rest with informed youth. Please join us live where you can ask questions or listen on your time. Just follow the show feed to receive the latest shows delivered right to you. Don't miss any of these informative episodes. Are you ready? Take out a copy of the U.S. Constitution, a notepad, and let's get ready to learn. Welcome to everyone who's joining us today. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and I am the moderator. And this is the current issues in the Constitution with Professor Wilson. And today, Woody, I really have to admit that um, when we began this show uh, some months ago, I never thought that we would be uh, uncovering such information that, you know, for lack of a better word, that is very alarming. And we're going to be talking about some information that is very alarming to me um, and especially for the future not only of the, of the United States um, but globally. And um, you're going to be talking about Agenda 21, and I really um, – don't know a lot about that. I asked the children to do some research, and what they found was a lot of canned information. So I'm hoping yes. that today's um, show will be able to give us a little bit more detail about exactly what Agenda 21 is. And uh, and then also, as you have questions, we have a live audience today. Um, I will be um, asking you those, Woody, as they, they come um, come around. But right now I really want to hear you know, really, what is Agenda 21 and how um, will that impact uh, future generations? Agenda 21 is basically, um, I don't know whether to use the word conspiracy. A conspiracy is something that's done in secret, and uh, the United Nations and the people that support the UN Agenda 21 are not operating in secret at all. Um, they are staying under the radar as much as possible, being as quiet as possible, infiltrating uh, countries, towns, cities as much as possible without uh, creating a firestorm. And uh, they are, from their perspective, they are doing a very good job. They're making tremendous inroads. Uh, These people... I wouldn't say that they're anti-Christian, but they certainly don't let Christian values or morality, uh, truth and honor, uh, great word justice, um, they don't let these great ideals get in their way. They do whatever is necessary to advance their package, which we call Agenda 21, and they are succeeding to a very large extent. Now, before we get into that, let me give you an example of the kinds of things that they do. This is something that happened just this morning, and I found it very disturbing, and I've just got to tell somebody. So you guys, this loyal audience, um, you are the ears as I unburden. It was about three weeks ago, a friend of mine sent me a video 
it was a YouTube video uh, link, and um, it was basically a professor, a Jonathan Turley, constitutional scholar of George Washington University, was asked to testify before the House of Representatives Judiciary Committee on the subject of executive overreach. Now, remember, this is a constitutional scholar. He's also a liberal, but he is very unhappy with and very concerned with uh, the Obama administration's use of power to basically create what he calls unbalance and instability in the Constitution. Now, you know, the Constitution has some great institutions uh, written into it that have, be that, have, that have become a part of America for well over 200 years. And this administration is basically slapping that aside and uh, creating greater and greater imbalance by going around Congress. Uh, he says that the Supreme Court, the judicial branch, is passive. And Congress isn't doing a whole lot. They've filed suit and they've complained and, and all those kinds of things, but they really haven't used the tools the Constitution gives them yet. We talked about this before. Maybe it's political. Maybe they're waiting to after, after the election. Maybe they think they've got to really be careful because this president is half black and people will scream and yell, racism, racism, if they take constitutional measures against him. So, okay, the, all of that's going on. So Professor Turley uh, comes to um, the Judiciary Committee, and um, I watched the video, and this guy was excellent. I mean to tell you, he's, um, he got it across like I'd never heard anybody get across, how important the institutions like separation of powers, checks and balances, how important these things are to the stability of the American democratic system and how he is totally concerned, even though he's a liberal, with what this president is doing. All right, so my friend emailed me this morning, and he had he sent me a copy of an email he had sent to our, our um, representative of our district, to the House of Representatives. And uh, in checking it out, he just just to make sure everything was was right he he clicked on the link and went to YouTube and found that it had been removed in fact i'm looking at it right now when you type in jonathan turley um youtube you get a black box and in the middle is this red happy face type of thing except it's not a happy face it's a very unhappy face and up at the top it says, Jonathan Turley, the YouTube account associated with this video has been terminated due to multiple third-party notifications of copyright infringement. Let me say that again. Multiple third-party notifications of copyright infringement. So third-party, that means uh, the White House, the Environmental Protection Agency, the IRS, who knows, five, ten third parties filed notifications with YouTube that the video infringed on copyrighted material. And that's not true at all. I saw the video. There was nothing at all. This was Jonathan Turley's analysis of the Constitution and what this administration is doing.
But if you file this notification with YouTube, they will immediately terminate it until the issue is resolved. It's like going to court and waiting for two years uh, to see what the judgment is. So the people who are threatened by Turley's opinions and, and by the things that he said have basically silenced him for a while, perhaps for a long while. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a total denial of freedom of speech by people who don't want this message, message to get out. With Agenda 21, we're seeing many of the same tactics. <clears throat> Never in our history has it been this bad. Never. A government, an elected government, whose job is to protect the rights of the people, now just taking away rights left and right. In this case, the highly priced and valued freedom of speech. That's going on all around you. You just got to pay attention. All right, so let's get into G Agenda 21, and we'll see uh, probably more the same thing. Now, what is a United Nations Agenda 21? It, it, it has um, uh, several different titles. We just simplify it to Agenda 21. And it does, when you get into it, it sounds like science fiction or some madcap conspiracy theory that I, as I mentioned before, but it is not. Um, it is real. And uh, the totality of the program is global. The totality of the program is goes to proportions that it's difficult for Americans to imagine. Now, if you lived in southern or eastern Europe or Africa or Latin America, you wouldn't find it so surreal. In fact, you might even support it because you could profit from it. But this is something that's really happened. And from what I'm seeing now, I'm just getting this inkling, I'm getting this, this insight that a great deal of this is directed towards the United States, the greatest, richest, most powerful, most advanced technologically, country in the world. And Agenda 21 would bring us down somewhere to the level of an Eastern European or a Northern African country. That is the goal. And they've been at it for quite some time. I think you're going to be surprised. I was. And they will continue uh, for the next several decades, maybe the whole century, as long as it takes, unless we stop them. Now, 173 nations on this planet have adopted, 173 out of 96, at least 23 nations that have not adopted it yet. We're one of those. Russia has rejected it. China has rejected it. We need to reject it, too. The current administration will not, because as you will see, the current administration, specifically the Obama administration, is very much a part of this. Now, it's not like, don't, don't get the idea that I sometimes used to get that uh, the United Nations is one thing and the United States is another thing. That's not true. The United Nations and the United States are one and the same. And uh, there are a very large number of Americans that support the United Nations and a smaller yet large number of Americans that support Agenda 21. 
Americans helped to write Agenda 21. Americans were part of this creation, American presidents, beginning with George Herbert Walker Bush, unwittingly perhaps, have been a part of the implementation of this program in the United States, not as a treaty, not as a national policy, but backdoor, as we're going to see. So let me, let me just sum it up very briefly, and, and then we'll get into the details. The United Nations Agenda 21 slash Sustainable Development is the action plan implemented worldwide to inventory and control all land, all water, all minerals, all plants, all animals, all construction, all means of production, all energy, all education, all information, and all human beings in the world. It's about inventory and control, basically, of all things on this planet. And you don't have to take my word for it. Uh, maybe I sound like some kind of a conspiracy nut. You can look it up online. Uh, just go to your search window and, and type in Agenda 21 text, T-E-X-T, and you'll get all 300 pages. And what I am saying is publicly announced with this document anywhere you want to find it. It's yours to read. 300 pages is not a lot. If you do this, and I hope you will, you um, basically don't read this kind of thing. You study it. You study it piece by piece. And you talk with each other about what it means. In terms of its structure and contents, it's basically a 300-page document divided into 40 chapters. Then these 40 chapters have been grouped into four sections. Section one is on social and economic dimensions. And it's basically directed towards combating poverty, especially in the developing countries, what we call third world countries. Now keep in mind that two-thirds of the member nations of the United States nations are developing third world countries. So they stand to gain a great deal with the implementation of this package. The section one talks about changing consumption patterns. They don't like the way Americans spend and buy expensive automobiles and heat their homes and things like that. It promotes health, achieving a more sustainable population. They want to control population. And sustainable settlement. They don't like how and where people are living. So Agenda 21, Section 1, addresses those kinds of concerns. Section two is on the conservation and management of resources for development. That includes atmospheric protection, combating deforestation, protecting what they call fragile environments, what the EPA calls fragile environments, and biological diversity and those kinds of things, controlling pollution, for example. Section three focuses on people, strengthening the role of major groups, including the roles of children and youth, Women, NGOs, that's non-governmental organizations like Greenpeace. Local authorities, business and industry, and workers, strengthening the role of indigenous peoples, that are people that are native to their land, their communities, and to farmers. 
So the United Nations wants to take control of all of these kinds of things. In Section 4, they talk about their means of implementation, including science, technology transfer, that is from us to third world, education. They want to take control of education. Education will be something they use as indoctrination and brainwashing. International institutions and other financial mechanisms. Now, as you read this thing, and as you read articles, read articles that support it, read articles by people that oppose it. You can find both easily. Look for words like this. These are some of the key words. Sustainable development. Now, social justice. Smart growth. Climate change. And resilient communities. They have a very interesting concept of how they want the world to work. This is global. Okay, now their major major goals are this, and from all the reading I have done and all the research I have done over the last couple of years, these are the seven things, the major goals of this program. First of all, they have to promote global warming theory. That's their, basically the tip of their spear. If they can convince most of the people in the world that the globe is warming up and it's human beings' fault for putting CO2 into the environment, if they can convince most of the world that this is true and that we're all in danger and our children and grandchildren are in danger of flooded areas and radical climate change, then, of course, governments would be just lining up to cough up their taxpayers' dollars, trillions of taxpayer dollars, to combat global warming. Now, the problem with this goal, as I see it, is that there is no, as Patrick Moore put it, we talked about it last week, there is no scientific evidence that the globe is warming because of CO2 emissions. Even liberals are forced to admit that the globe has not warmed at all since 1989. It has not warmed at all. It has been pretty much flatlined. So... If the theory is correct and the globe is warming up, then why isn't the globe warming up? Why is it flatlined? And there are other pieces of evidence from Richard Lenzen, for example, of MIT, that and their their manipulation of of facts and and information and data to try to advance this cause. And even the President of the United States, this guy Barack Obama, stands before the Congress and the American people in the State of the Union message and says that global warming is settled silence. science. It is not. And I find it just bewildering and completely appalling that the President of the United States would say such a thing. Does he really believe it? Is he that dumb? I don't think so. I think he knows that global warming is just a theory and will never be anything more, but they have to advance it to advance Agenda 21. So I list that as their number one goal, to promote global warming. 
Secondly, a major goal, and this one is, um, I remember reading about this one 20 years ago, transfer wealth from developed nations, meaning United States, to third world nations. Now, you know how Obama always talks about taxing the rich and putting it into entitlement programs for the poor, transfer of wealth. He calls it that, transfer of wealth, right out of Agenda 21. Well, this is larger and this is global. Transfer the wealth from the wealthy Americans and the wealthy British and French and Germans. Transfer it to third world countries where people don't have running water and they are victims of disease. And once in a while when there's a drought, there is starvation. Transfer the wealth. And if we can prove that the globe, or we can make people believe that the globe is warming up, then the wealthy countries under United Nations direction will be obligated to start moving their laboratories and their facilities and their plants and so on into third world, out of our countries into their countries. Transfer the wealth. Major goal number three, control education and child care. And you can find that in section three of Agenda 21. They have a plan for taking control of education. And I think what we're going to see, and I keep looking for the evidence, I don't see it yet, but I think we're going to see a marriage of Agenda 21 and Common Core Standards. I think they're going to merge. And in America, they will be supported, pushed, promoted by the federal government's Department of Education. And secondly, they say it right out. People are going to go to work after they're relocated they're going to go to work, and the state will take care of the children. Well, okay, that's, that's all you've got to say, that the children become children of the state, more so than they are of their own parents. So the state will teach them what their values will be, what they should believe in, and so on. I know, I know what you're thinking. This is crazy. Read it. It's there. Number four, they say they want to eliminate private property. Where are you right now? Are you in your house? Are you in your home? Is it property that you own? That, um, if Agenda 21 succeeds, then uh, private property will be a thing of the past. You won't own your own home. Number five, major goal number five, eliminate CO2 emissions. Energy. Automobiles. In their plan, when it's fully implemented, human beings, there will be no automobiles. Human beings will live in high-rise condos close to where they work. They can walk, and if they need to go downtown, they can take the metro or a bus. There will be no automobiles because they are polluters. Energy will be controlled. We've already talked about that. Cap and trade, uh, emissions permit. Basically, as President Obama said, he said it right out loud, we're going to put the coal people out of business. As that individual we talked about last October, I think, in the Department of Energy said, we're going to crush the petroleum in industry. We're going, okay, so goal number five, eliminate CO2 emissions altogether. Boom. You won't even be able to roast hot dogs in your backyards because that emits CO2. Energy, complete control. Automobiles, 
a thing of the past. Major goal number six, sustainable energy. And by that they mean water power, wind power, as in windmills, uh, solar power, anything else that has a life of its own. Never mind that all of these are unreliable and will always be. And never mind that they're extremely costly. Uh, that's their goal. So sustainable energy, sustainable populations. I think I'm pretty sure they don't come right out and say it, but uh, people have um, talked about it, uh, loose lips. They're talking about population control. They're talking about, well, China has a one-child-per-family policy. And population is growing very rapidly. Guess where? In the third world countries and in the poverty populations of developed nations like France, Germany, and the United States. That's where population is growing. And they're going to stop that. I expect um, you would probably see a widespread usage of abortion to participate in that. And sustainable wildlife, and of course this is um, one of the things, like right now we've got a drought out in California. It's basically a drought that was created by environmental uh, programs that protect two or three species of life. Meanwhile, the great San Joaquin Valley is becoming less and less viable as a source of agricultural production that we all rely upon. Nonetheless, we're going to protect the wildlife. And they have a map, and you, you can find that online, uh, say sustainable wildlife map that shows where animals are going to be and shows where human beings are allowed to live. Human beings are basically going to live in very large cities, period. And everything else will be reserved for nature. Okay. That was goal number six. Goal number seven, replace. And they're not trying to hide it at all. Replace freedom and individualism. individualism that's America. With communitarianism. The community. The belief in the community. The community is what matters. And, of course, governments control the communities. So these are the major goals. Again, global warming transfer of wealth, controlling education and child care, eliminating private property, eliminating CO2 emissions, and replacing freedom and individualism with communitarianism and government control. All right, so that's where they're going, and that's what you will see um, if and when you are able to read the text. Their strategy basically is, and uh, in America, it, it, it amazes me, the 173 countries, and these, this is most of the countries in Europe and all the third world countries um, put together, uh, would so quickly and, and easily accept this program. I guess if you're in the third world, okay. We're talking transfer of wealth. Uh, third world, you guys stand to gain a lot of money, money that you did not earn, money that we produced. But we are forced by Agenda 21 uh, to transfer this wealth in very, very different forms to you. Now, in America, I think they know and understand that they call it soft law. 
which means it's not the law at all. It's totally voluntary, and Americans can participate if they want to. Towns and cities can participate if they want to. They don't have to. Uh, the United Nations, and remember, uh, I, uh, you got to understand that the most important block in the United Nations is America, is the United States. We're talking about the liberal socialist community that are using the United Nations and Agenda 21 to advance their own liberal socialist agenda. So the United Nations, now keep in mind that the United Nations is a government. It is a world government. And governments grow power. It's what they do. And I've speculated before. I remember I told you the story about Franklin D. Roosevelt telling uh, his vice president, Harry Truman, that when the war was over, he said, I shall resign from the presidency to become the secretary general of the United Nations. I really do think that there is a very good possibility that Barack Obama goes to sleep every night dreaming about being president of the world. He is that narcissistic. I would not be surprised. So this is their strategy in America. They cannot get it through Congress. They can't call it a treaty. They can't call it law. They can only call it soft law. Congress would never pass it. And if it came to Congress, it every almost every American would be aware of it. It would be in the news. It would be shouted from the highest rooftop. And Americans would say, what? And begin to pay attention. Right now they're not paying attention. So rather than do that, and end their chances in the United States, they'd get a Russia-China rejection, basically. They go around the national governments, and they go around the state governments, and they attempt to, and they go into the towns and the cities and persuade city councils and mayors to join them. Now, this is being carried out by what I call their foot soldiers. It's uh, supposedly a non-governmental organization, but it's financed and paid for through the United Nations by private sources. And this organization, which is all over America, I, I'm convinced that they're the same people that helped Obama get elected in 2008 and 2012. Okay, when they're not busy getting him elected, they're busy advancing Agenda 21 in various towns, uh, cities. If you went to your city council meeting, you might hear somebody stand up and advocate um, accepting some of the uh, policies of Agenda 21. You might hear that in your town or in your city. This is what they're doing, and there are a few million of them that are doing it. It's called the International Council of Local Environmental Initiatives, referred to, you know, how we like to shorten things, as ICLEI. Take the first letter of each of those words, I-C-L-E-I. Go ahead and write that down. I want you to look it up. I-C-L-E-I. ICLEI. It's an acronym. And again, it stands for International Council. International. Not American. International Council of local, that means where you are right now, environmental initiatives. And ICLEI is tasked with carrying out the goals of Agenda 21. Over 600 cities and towns 
in the United States are now members. Could be your city and town is one of them. They don't announce it. They keep it very quiet under the radar. And that number of cities is growing. And guess what? After the initial infusion of cash through grants, taxpayers, that's you and me, pay for the costs of implementing the program. So piece by piece, piece by piece, uh, Agenda 21 is advancing through America's towns and cities. All right, the bad news is 600 cities and towns are now, now members of Agenda 21. The good news is there are 35,000 cities and towns in America, so 600 cities is a small percentage. And it is definitely not too late to stop this advance. We'll get into that later. What has been done, what you can do. Now, for, before we do that, though, I just want you to uh, get a good sense of what we're talking about. This one surprised me. If you had asked me two years ago when this whole thing started, I would have said the Rio Earth Summit uh, Conference in 1992. That would have been my guess. I was wrong. I would have been wrong. The actual beginning of this pathway of the implementation of Agenda 21 and sustainable development began in 1974. Richard Nixon was still in the White House. The United Nations adopted a declaration called the New International Order that declared that governments should control the economy. In America, we believe the government should keep its hands off the economy, laissez-faire, free market, capitalism. All right? Now, keep in mind, 1974, new international economic order. All right, so they've been promoting this ever since. Now, in 1974, they didn't have Agenda 21. This document had not been written yet, but it is. they are working on it in 1974. In 1976, two years later, Gerald Ford in the White House. No, no. Uh, Ford uh, finished Nixon's term and uh, lost that election to Jimmy Carter. So Jimmy Carter, good liberal in the White House. UN Conference on Human Settlement. Human settlements. What's a human settlement? That's where people live. It's basically where people live. Towns, villages, farms, cities, whatever. Human settlements. And this, decora this declaration from this conference stated that land cannot and should not be controlled by the individual. Land rep represents wealth, and it is a social injustice for it to be owned by the individual. No matter that you work for it and that you pay for it, even if it's just an acre or just a lot with a house on it. The UN Conference on Human Settlement says that that cannot be. All right? I suppose in a lot of other countries, um, in communist countries, for example, uh, people do not own land. They don't own anything. The government, the state, owns everything and controls it. 
So maybe to most of the people in the world, most of the countries in the world, this is no big deal. They're probably saying, so what? That's that's the way it is. That's the way it's always been. It's not true for America. And I, I really don't want my children or my grandchildren to live in third world circumstances. I don't want that for them. 1987, 11 years later, Ronald Reagan in the White House. A United Nations report from the World Commission on the Environment, there it is again, and Development called our common good, globally. And this is where we first saw the phrase sustainable development. When you see that, sustainable development, and you'll see it a lot, that is Agenda 21. Now, this commission mm-hmm. in 1987 began the process of how to take control. I'm not kidding you. How to take control of the world's land and economies and to redistribute the wealth. 1987, Uh, Ronald Reagan had nothing to do with this. He had nothing to say about this. It was largely ignored in America as another harebrained scheme in the United Nations. We've always always kind of laughed at these folks in the United Nations. They they get into these bureaucracies and these positions of semi-power and power, and they're from third world nations, and they – have this plan, they've been developing these plans, strategy, tactics to take the wealth out of America and other developed nations and bring it home to their little third world countries. So, how to take control of the world's land and economies and to redistribute the wealth. Now in 1990, now we got George Herbert Walker Bush, ICLE, International Council for Local Environmental Initiatives, is founded at the World Congress for Local Governments for a Sustainable Future. I'm beginning to hate that word sustainable. At the United Nations in New York. And keep in mind the United Nations is in New York. We wrote it. We built the building. Rockefeller Foundation donated the land. It's in New York. It's in New York City. So ICLE has created the foot soldiers, and they begin the implementation. And two years later, this is what I would have guessed. I would have said 1992, um, well, and I was partially right. 1992, Conference on Environment and Development at Rio de Janeiro. And it's also frequently referred to in the media as the Rio Earth Conference. There they unveiled the agenda for the 21st century. Later, it was shortened to Agenda 21. This is when the document was published and made public. And George Herbert Walker Bush said, perhaps unwittingly, the United States is completely on board with Agenda 21. He signed nothing. He put nothing into effect, no executive orders. He just said, we're okay with it, basically. Hmm. I just don't know. I'm uh, even even a Republican. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Or wasn't what he wasn't thinking. So, uh, Agenda 21 that you can find online, as I said, uh, this is the how-to manual, how to implement sustainable development in all of the spheres that we talked about, uh, human, animal, land, economic, resources, water, all of those things. This is how to do it. And here they added a third notion or a third pillar 
environmental protections and restoration. And one of the arms of this is the American Environmental Protection Agency, a government agency that you and I pay for. We pay their salaries and we pay their expenses and, and we pay for their health care and their retirements and all those good things. And they're out there very busily advancing the United Nations pillar on environmental protections and restoration. Also, economic equity. What does that mean? Economic equity. Economic equality. It's basically communism. Everybody gets the same amount of money. Nobody's rich and nobody's poor. <laughs> the problem is, communism failed. And it obviously failed. And they're not concerned about that. They're more concerned about power and control. That's what governments wow. do. Well, Woody, I'm going to take a break here for a commercial, and we'll okay. be right back with some questions. The American Government and Elections class is a remarkable look at the workings of the U.S. government, the election process, and how the Constitution sets the stage for the democracy that we enjoy today. This video series contains 32 hours of class recorded with a live audience taught by accredited AP and award-winning professor of American history, Robert Woodrow Wilson. This class is sure to energize your students with a love of learning. The classes are on demand on your time to view from the comfort of your own home. Created specifically for the high school level homeschooler, this AP level class can be enjoyed by students of all ages. Recorded and produced by Media Angels, a name you trust for quality products. Need more information? No problem. Go to MediaAngels.com and visit our class link. Or go to AmericanHistoryKidsClass.com and get ready to claim your seat. Hurry, because class is starting. Hi, and welcome back. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and I am the moderator for the Current Issues in the Constitution show. And today we've been talking about a very uh, frightening to me thing, Agenda 21. And um, Woody, you've been sharing with us the steps on uh, how it uh, began and also some of the main points um, that will be affecting us in the coming years. And also just giving us um, some things to be looking for because we're not seeing this in the media, are we? No, you don't. You won't see it in the liberal media at all, and you will see it once in a while on Fox News. Um, but if you research the Internet, you will find, you'll find all kinds of stuff, a, a okay. great deal of stuff. Some of it's good, some of it's uh, kind of goofy, but uh, you have to pick and choose. You can simply tell by the way they, they introduce it, uh, whether it's a, a, a reasonable and rational um, examination or not. And mm -hmm. you, you have to develop that skill. Right. And, you know, we've heard about global warming and, and all of that going on for quite a while. And now I feel like you're right. We're hearing a lot about sustainable development. And I really didn't, um, I didn't realize that it was tied in with Agenda 21. So that's uh, yes, very is. interesting. Um, we have a question here, um, and the question is, is the child euthanasia part of Agenda 21? I know it is being um, talked about more and more in the news, and it really is scary. I, I don't think it's a, an actual policy that they have implemented, although it could be. 
but it's something that they would either turn a blind eye to or something that they would support. I can hear people in the United States, United Nations saying, oh, that's no big deal. Uh, that's not important to us. Let it go. So it's very difficult to say. Um, and a great, a great deal of this, uh, this planning and development, beginning in 1974, has been done quietly and secretly. Um, you simply, sometimes you simply cannot know who's behind it, uh, what, what new policy is going to come, come about two years from now, who's paying for it. You just cannot know those things, um, or at least I can't. Um, but I suppose through a sort of a investigative journalism, these kinds of questions could be answered. But that's a very good question. And um, I, uh, whoever asked the question certainly sees the relationship between the dark and sinister uh, types of things Agenda 21 is doing and the whole question of, of the life of children and the lives of children and the rights of children to live and, and those kinds of things. It's, uh, you can see the relationship. Okay. Well, a question I have is um, what exactly can we do about this? I mean, making it more well-known would be one thing, but what, okay. else, what, other, what else could we do? Let me give you the short answer because uh, I want to get into that more later on once we've um, gone through the whole thing. And, and there's not a, this, we're going to have to continue this next week. But um, okay. basically, right. um, in fact, I was thinking a little bit a little bit ago. I I was talking with part of my brain and thinking with the other part, and I was thinking that what we really have to do is we have to win Congress in 2014, and we have to win the White House in 2016, and we have to win it by being totally actively involved. Right now here in my community, we are interviewing uh, Board of Education candidates, and we're letting them know what we expect of them. You want our support? Uh, here's what we want you to do when you are on the board, et cetera, et cetera. And we're going we're gonna to hold their feet to the fire. Mm -hmm. And you need to do that with people running for Congress and for the White House. Uh, too often, whether they're Republicans or Democrats, they are professional politicians, and they're basically going to play whatever game they have to play to get the seat and to keep the seat. Uh, so the American people have to wake up and um, get very, very active. Um, I'm helping to spread this uh, with this radio show and through my work here in the local community. And you can do the same thing in your area. You can help to spread it and just get it. Uh, just get up on the roof of your house and start yelling. Agenda 21 is evil. Agenda 21, the final solution. In fact, the Nazi thing and, and killing the Jews, the Holocaust, the Germans called that, the Nazis called it the final solution. And when I hear that word now, I just get sick at, my, I just get sick at the thought. When I was teaching uh, U.S. history in the public schools, I had to quit teaching the Holocaust because it bothered me so much that the next day I would be ill. Mm. Um, and I'm beginning, I'm beginning to get those same feelings throughout my body when I see, hear, or speak the word Agenda 21. To me, it's very much the same thing, except they're not going to be, well, I wouldn't say that. I started to say they're not going to be putting people to death. But with their goal of population control, I'm not so sure what these people would do. 
Okay. And we have a really we'll interesting question. Okay. Yeah, another interesting question here. Um, and I just uh, Googled the, the word because I had never heard of it. And uh, one of our listeners, uh, Jimmy, is asking, um, have you heard of H-A-A-R-P, um, HARP? And I nope. just looked um, at that, and it says um, it's something that's funded by the U.S. Air Force. And uh, somebody else down here, globalresearch.ca, says um, that it is used for uh, weather modification. I uh, never heard of that. So um, maybe we can look into that. All of us can uh, next week, and then... Um, Woody, you can as well. I know you're, yeah, you're taking I a saw break. Something, break. Uh, I saw something on that um, just a few weeks ago. I didn't pay much attention to it because it just sounded kind of nutty. Uh, but it was something about uh, the Air Force having the technology to control the jet stream and to make it move to cause, to cause severe weather uh, anywhere they want to cause it. And, um, you know, my mind... Uh, basically raced around for 15 seconds and, and thought, no, that's impossible. You couldn't possibly do that. Uh, human beings could not make the jet stream move any more than we can make the outer atmosphere expand. We can't. We don't have those kinds of powers. But I could be wrong. Maybe they do have the ability to do something to that effect. So never that's say no. Because I, I think there was a History Channel documentary, but... Um, We'll have to see if that really is something that was on um, on that or if it was something that they were looking into because they've heard uh, that people yeah. are talking about it. But, um, yeah, another interesting uh, facet here to, to look into. Very good question. Thank you. Yes, it is. Yeah. I mean, all these things, um, you know, before you began talking about Agenda 21, Woody, I, I had not heard of it. Um, of course, we've heard of climate change and social justice and global warming and transfer of wealth and, you know, terminology like that. But none of us, um, well, I didn't anyway. Maybe there are other listeners who are a little bit more savvy had um, put it under the umbrella of Agenda 21. However, um, you were saying that uh, this went on for some time before you were aware of it, even though you pretty much have a pulse on, um, especially when you were teaching on American history, current events, and, and government. When did you yeah, first well, learn and, about this? And, and the reason, Felice, uh, the things that you just mentioned, the reason that you have heard of those things, sustainable, sustainable development, social justice, is because... Agenda 21 is in the United States being implemented in the United States. That's why mm -hmm. we're hearing these things. I first became aware of it in 1992 when I basically followed the news, uh, the conference, uh, the Rio Earth Conference, where they unveiled Agenda 21. And I, I, did, I heard it. I heard Agenda 21. I dismissed it. And it's just another United Nations bunk. It doesn't apply to Americans. Little did I know, little did I know at that time uh, that Bill Clinton and Barack Obama and plenty of other uh, influential people in America would be advancing this agenda. Little did I know. 
And maybe what I've always called the liberal socialist agenda is, in fact, an arm of Agenda 21. So maybe um, I was always aware of it. I just didn't know the source. So in 1992, that was the big thing. And, and then again, that third pillar, environmental protections and restorations. Yeah, I'll tell you, there's a great deal of power to be had there. Economic equity, which means equality, essentially communism, and social equity. That means everybody is going to be perfectly equal. Thomas Jefferson said all men are created equal. He meant politically. Agenda 21 means physically and in every way that you can imagine it. Yeah. And, I just looked, um, no, go ahead. I just, I just looked at the, uh, there's a Ron Paul forum and, um, just to see, you know, when I did a search for Agenda 21, that came up very quickly and it said, uh, typical, um, one of the members um, posted this, but I thought it was funny because it says, in short, Agenda 21 is a plan that is already being widely implemented to take control of every aspect of every human being's life on Earth. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's so all. Is that, you is, know? That Ron Paul's, is that Ron Paul's quote? No, it isn't. Oh. It's, a, it's a, a, a different man who I believe is using an alias. He's John F. Kennedy III, but... Um, you know, and people do use aliases um, when they write on these blogs. But he uh, has like eleven thousand posts. I think he's it's a it's a forum thread. Oh, so I it's see. what people have been posting. But I just thought that was you know interesting that this is on um, you know. Uh, but anyway, it's, and some people are saying uh, you know it's, and the. Forum threads is not what I would recommend for children to look through because some of the language yeah, on here true. is is very uh, adult and they should have their mouths washed out. But um, but some of them, um, you know, have kind of what it kind of gives you a pulse of what the people for the adults of what people are thinking. So sometimes uh, it's um, you know it's good to look at some of the forums. But that interestingly uh, came up as one of the first things when I just did a search for the words Agenda 21. It came up on on his forum. It's uh, Ron Paul forums. So yeah, it's out there. You can uh, yeah, you can find it yeah. and you can read about it. And edu- educate yourself and right. uh, spread the word. Friends, neighbors, right. family. Very good. All right, well, we will be doing a part two on this. Please bring your questions, do some more research, um, and uh, let's see what it is that we can do. Um, I think your your uh, idea of the upcoming elections is a very good one, and, and if you've been politically involved, that's wonderful. And, you know, maybe, Woody, at some point you might even uh, consider sharing some of the questions that you and your committee uh, there in West Virginia is asking uh, some of your school board members as well as some others. And that might help us to formulate questions to ask our politicians here as they run. Because it gets very confusing. We have several uh, running for the now vacated um, seat of our our representative uh, that vacated. So um, they all, you know, three of them sound great. So it's just discerning um, which one is really the one that, you know, we should vote for. Um, While they all seem to have conservative views, 
and and you know it, it, we're going to have to see look through the rhetoric because I think their their biggest calling card is going to be you know we don't like Obamacare, and while that's a pl- plausible, I don't think any of us like it. We need to hear a little bit more about yeah, what they would. We have um, interviewed five Board of Education candidates. One's an incumbent, four are challengers, and not one of them had any idea what Agenda 21 was. But they were very interested as we explained it to them uh, mm-hmm. very generally and gave them information uh, to take home and study. And they were fascinated and they were angry and they were appalled that this was happening behind their back. One guy said, you mean they're doing this behind my back? No, and I didn't say, I wanted to say not behind your back. It's because you're apathetic and disinterested. You're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. And so he's paying attention now. And, right. you know, Americans are good people. They really are. You can trust Americans. You know, Americans do not support global warming. They don't. They just don't. They just don't rail against it openly and actively yet. And that's right. what needs to be brought about. And you keep in mind, you know, we've got Republicans all over the place. How come Mitt Romney, campaigning for president, never once mentioned Agenda 21? It was in the Republican Party platform, a denunciation of Agenda 21 in the Republican Party platform. I've never heard one Republican congressman or candidate condemn Agenda 21. I've never heard them do it. We have to make them do it. Mm-hmm. We have well, to we educate to... them, and we All have right. to let them know that, son, you're going to lose that seat. You better start defending the rights and the lives of the American people against this basically global conspiracy. All right. Uh, well, thank you so much. We are at the end of um, our time, and you know, I'll uh, say whatever other questions I see coming in um, for next time. And so we'll pick up with this um, the next time we meet. So thank you very much. Have a good week. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of The Current Issues in the Constitution. If you'd like to join us live, visit our show page on ultimatehomeschoolradionetwork.com. And for more information about Professor Wilson's classes, visit AmericanHistoryKidsClass.com. See you next week.